What's up, everybody? This is Austin. And Dominique. Welcome to Right Tomatoes, where we give our unsolicited opinion on TV shows and, and movies. Spoiler alert. So you should know that for every episode going forth, that if you're not okay with spoilers, you definitely want to wait until after you've seen it. Today, we are talking about a show on Netflix called The Push. All right, so The Push is a very interesting show or film because it is a social experiment. And the purpose of the social experiment is to see how far people can go when they are being manipulated or influenced or under the guise of authority. And the whole idea is to see if we can get people to agree to commit murder. Yeah, which is crazy. And the way that they um, selected the test subjects for this study is um, they did kind of like a, a blind trial. Like they didn't let the um, participants know that they were being tested. But basically they did an activity to see how much people were influenced by other people's decisions. And if you weren't easily influenced, you weren't a good candidate for this trial. And if you were in easily influenced, yes, they wanted you. And these people were definitely easily influenced. So they had four people that they chose to participate in the experiment. And the film really hones in on one guy and we get to see his whole journey. So we get to see the outcomes of three other people, but the journey of Chris. So it is very interesting because Chris ultimately did decide to not actually commit murder. However, he did do a lot of other things that were a bit questionable. Before I dive into that, I do want to say that people viewers they do question the ethics of this experiment i'm not feeling as though this was an appropriate <laughs> experiment and i knew that it was questionable before i watched it but yeah. i still wanted to see it i wanted to understand how they could test that and i wanted to see the results and i wanted to see how everything unfolded i couldn't help myself i love social experiments i really do yeah, and I even came across an article on the internet where people were signing a petition for the three people who actually did do the push at the end to be arrested and like tried for murder in court. Like, it was crazy. Yeah, so it's interesting because one of the first thoughts that I have is how is it that people can go on with their lives after the world seeing the actions that they were willing to take? So the only thing I can come up with is that they had to get paid so well from Netflix that yeah. they don't need to work anymore. Because think about it. The whole world watched three people agree to commit murder. Like, how could you hire that person? So it's just, I don't know. Like, I really hope that they are good and safe and sane. And I hope that they also had great therapists and people to support them and not judge them, right? We're not there. We're just giving our opinion. We weren't there. Well, oh, no. It's easy to say it from your sofa. But anyways, so let's talk back. Let's get back to Chris. So Chris did a lot of questionable things, for sure. <laughs> the worst thing that I think Chris did was 
pretend to be burning. When he stood up and he gave that speech and then had the audacity to tell Bernie's joke, <laughs> I just like cringed. It just felt so gross. And I just don't have any clue of how he wasn't just up there vomiting at the thought of like what he was doing. Like it just felt like his whole body should have been like disgusted and anxious and just like overwhelmed because I mean think about it he was a really normal sane dude right but he just he had normal like presentation jitters not like I'm pretending to be a man that's dead jitters in a room full of people and I have no clue of who may actually know who he is jitters Mm -hmm. that to me was like the absolute worst that is true I didn't think about it that way like the way you described his jitters were just like I've never presented at an event like this because it's so important to society. Like it was crazy. And so for me, I say the uh the act that was the worst was when he agreed to put Bernie's body inside that box. Um, you know, I feel like, you know, once he discovered once they discovered that he was dead, I'm like, no, I, I don't want anything to do with this. So it was like, okay, the event, like in his mind, he was like, no matter what happens, the event has to keep going. So although I'm afraid to, let's go ahead and put this guy in this box so we can raise this money. So that right there was probably the worst act for me that Chris committed. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about like a series of events that had happened, in case you chose to continue to listen without watching it, what the experiment did was have people agree to several small things leading up to the murder. So they use the foot in a door method. So basically getting to them to agree to something small and then the idea is that they continue to agree and then the big thing doesn't feel so big anymore. So the first thing that they had to do was mislabel food as vegetarian knowing that it was not vegetarian. So here's the part where <laughs> in terms of like how the show would have gone if I was a part of the experiment. This is almost where I probably would have just been kicked off. Like, they'd have been like, this is not going to be no good. Let's just end this experiment now. Like, I would have been completely disconnected from Tom and not have felt as though I could trust him because that's something that's very serious to me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, being a vegan, I don't play with that. Like, that's not all right. But more importantly, like, you just don't do that. People should be able to be- eat what they believe that they're eating. And not mixing that up is just too risky. They could have killed somebody for real. What if somebody had an allergy or something? Right, yeah, exactly. And, and like, now that you say that, what I think about when you said the first act from the foot in the door method, it's crazy that people got from the point of mislabeling food to pushing somebody off the roof. Mm-hmm. Like, when we say like there's small things that you do over time, like that's what the show was, and that was so crazy. Um, and to your point, you brought up Tom because at the beginning of the show, Tom presented himself as like a potential business partner. And once that I saw he was willing to switch the labels of the food, like you said, it could have been nuts in there, like there could have been so many food allergies. I'm like, wait, this is the guy that reached out to me for a business opportunity. And he's willing to have a low level, low level of integrity for something as small as this. I think that's where I would have been like, 
no, I don't think I want to go forward with this because that just showed, like I said, it showed his level of integrity in that guy. He was just like willing to do whatever he needed to do to get the outcome he desired. Yeah, and they did show us that one of the girls who actually did commit murder did not agree to mislabel mm-hmm. because her mother was a vegetarian and she could see how that would not be okay. Um, so maybe perhaps me saying no to that would have still kept me a part of the experiment. So then I think the very next thing that I think the only thing that they could have agreed gotten me to agree to is this. Uh-huh. Okay. So when Bernie died and he was just like on the floor and everyone was going to enter and Tom said, Hey, let's move his body. My brain tells me that I may have been like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. So hundreds of people don't have to be freaked out by seeing a dead guy on the floor. Yeah, I'll help you. And then let's call the ambulance right away. But the other part of my brain is like, y'all, my favorite show is How to Get Away with Murder, right? So the other part of my brain is like, eh, <laughs> we know we didn't kill this dude, but tampering with his body is legit a crime. Maybe this is where I would say, uh, no time. That's nuts. I'm out. Long story short, I'm just being honest. Like, I know that I'm not a part of the experiment, but I just cannot, I cannot fathom a scenario where you could convince me to put a dead body in a wheelchair, to let people take pictures with a dead body, to move mm. a dead body up, or try, try to try to convince me to kick a dead body and make it look like he failed. All of that, man, you would have been lost me because at the sight of a dead body, I honestly think that would have been way too hard for me to process. Um, so... I would have failed the experiment greatly for reasons that have nothing to do with influence or authority, but more so uh, just not being okay with touching their dead body as these people were so comfortable. It was kind of weird. Yeah, I agree. And now that that I think about it, I would probably have to say the same as you. Like, and I said this before, the moment they put his body in the back, in the, um, in the basket, well, not a basket, but inside like the, the box, uh, that's where it would have stopped for me, but I just had a different frame of thought, like carrying his body to the back room. I think I would have been okay with that just for what you said, because at that point, like, I don't know if like, you know, um, Tom has already performed CPR or what, like, you know, have we checked his pulse yet? So let's get him in the back in a place where we could do CPR, check his pulse you know, call the ambulance before we take him back there and say, hey, we're getting ready to try to perform CPR. But it was like, Tom was like, nope, he's dead. We got to put him inside this box. I'll be like, nah, I'm good. I don't want to do business with you. Um, my life is more important than this charity. I am not about to potentially go to jail for the rest of my life for being, you know, an accomplice to, well, it wasn't even murder, but just tampering with <laughs> evidence to try to cover it up to make it look like something had already happened to uh, Bernie when something actually did happen to Bernie. So. Yeah, it was getting messier by the minute. Yeah. One of the things that I think may be important to call out is the fact that it is possible that me and Austin, as black people, would have had maybe a bit of a harder time being a part of this experiment anyway because all of the other actors, with the exception of one who um, was not as involved as like Tom, for example, were white. And I think about 
I think that would just be an interesting dynamic to understand. Like, can, like, cross cultures, can someone be influenced as much? Because I think about when Chris was telling the group what happened, and he's all like, we, we, we. I don't know if I believe that black people would have been like, we, we, we. Or if it would have been like, Tom found this dead body. <laughs> right, ain't no we in Tom. <laughs> because I don't know if we would have necessarily believed that Tom would have identified us as a we. And then, you know, in the heat of the moment when the cops came and like the ambulance and all of that, if we would have been turned into, nah, Chris did everything by himself, you know, or Chris did this, Chris did this, Chris did this. So I think that's an interesting question. Um, if cross cultures, if the experiment works out the same, if people can be as influenced by authority. But then the second question, or perceived authority, right? Like it wasn't even real authority, but perceived authority. And then a second question that I have is, people did all of this. I assume, you know, to keep, to control the experiment, that the other three people were also believing that time was going to be some type of business deal. People all did all of this for an opportunity to do business, an opportunity to make money. I wonder if you may see the same results for something else that people desire. Like if there's anything, like what is the threshold? Like what are people willing to commit murder for when they're being influenced? Like would, it, would they do the same thing for the opportunity to befriend someone or to, to date someone or some other thing that people desire? I'm just curious of how important the money aspect was. Yeah, I agree with Or if it doesn't matter, I don't know. Yeah, I know. And, like, another thing I think about is, like, so for the three people who actually did push Bernie off the roof, like, at any point, did they look at themselves and say, like, I'm a murderer? Oh, I really hope so, and I think so. And I think we saw some of their body language say, look, shook us. Like, seriously. Yeah, for sure. I was actually, that was the part where I was like, ooh, maybe this is unethical. It looks so sad. I know, yeah, and and so like the experiment was conducted by a guy named Darren Brown. It's just like I couldn't imagine being the executive producer of that and like knowing that I was going to put people through those type of emotions. And you brought this up earlier, like it puts so much of their life in jeopardy. So like, just let's just say like, imagine a person is applying for like a director job at a company, and then they find out their name, and it's like this person who was influenced enough to murder somebody is interviewing for a leadership position in my company? No. See, I don't think it's fair because I think that Darren's point was to say, I think what he was trying to prove is that most people would, you know, three out of four or 75%, right? That's a huge percentage. Under these circumstances of being like told to do something by someone they perceive to be in authority. And there's a lot of peer pressure elements for sure. But while I do think it would be difficult <laughs> for them to find someone who sees it that way, because I'm not saying that I do, uh, <laughs> it shouldn't ruin their lives, but it just got to be tough. Can you imagine walking through the streets of your town with somebody knowing that you put a dead body in a box? <laughs> just so crazy. Or like you're, like you're trying to date somebody and it's like, if I have a heart attack, like, I don't even have to do anything to this person for them to potentially kill me. I know. Like, 
I literally could just have a heart attack and next thing you know they trying to push me in front of a train so yeah. it looked like they didn't kill me it's like of course they didn't kill you I had a heart attack so one thing I just thought about though like even prior to the death the the mental games like having them show up underdressed having them oh, go pick up yeah. bags for people having them go get drinks it's so interesting because it is true that like what they wanted to do worked so well so mm-hmm. quickly that people assume the role of servant when they didn't have any reason to do that okay sure there's a level of being polite but like why did he go get his drinks why can't i just walk over and order the drinks together like things like that it was like he instantly assumed the role of leadership for them and servant for himself I was just like, that is very interesting. I wonder like how often some of those subconscious things happen on a daily basis for all of us, you know? Yeah, and like even at the beginning, like one of the things that happened was, um, and we only saw this with Chris because they, you know, focused on his journey the entire time. But his friend that was his business partner said, hey, Chris, I need to use your cell phone. I left mine. Can I have it? And so he was like, Chris was like, yeah, sure. And so, like, even in that, like, Chris gave away his cell phone and then didn't think about it at all the rest of the time. There was a lot going on. He was there. (laughs) There was so much going on. So, it was like, so I'm like, well, why didn't anybody just call 911 who had a cell phone, right? And so, it's just like, because, like, looking at it now, I'd be like, all right, Dom, she got my cell phone. Where is she at now? Like, you know, I need to check in with That was the one part that I thought was weird. Because, granted, you did mention that Chris's phone was with his friend. Why would I assume that nobody else had their phone? Like, at no point was it like, hey, you know, this happened. Like, and why was he so willing to make everything a secret? Like, that confuses me, too. Remember when the woman came back in there? She sat on the box. Oh, Like, yeah, why didn't he crazy. feel like it would be okay to tell her? She was the organizer. Like, there was just so many levels of, like, I guess I just didn't understand why Chris acted like he did something wrong at the very beginning. And I think that just goes through, like, Point they were trying to show Tom gave him an order and he executed the order whatever Tom wanted to do he agreed with even if it just really didn't make any sense yeah and like what's crazy like I just got this thought like Tom did such a great job at making Chris feel guilty in uh I guess unemotionally abusing way mm. from the standpoint of uh... no from the standpoint of like so let, let's just say for example you all right so let's say for example in the past like i never cleaned the house right like i don't clean the house and i actually was like hey babe can you do the dishes for me and it was like you never clean the house how dare you ask me to do the dishes x y like that's like kind of using something against me to like make me feel bad to guilt me into actually doing the dishes so i feel like tom didn't like, he guilted him into, you know, covering it up, but he didn't do anything that was, like, clear and evident that he was trying to do that, if that makes sense. I get where you're trying to go, but I, I don't think that just because it wasn't obvious means it was any less emotionally abusive. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It's definitely still, and, and I guess I was wrong for saying that it wasn't emotionally abusive. Like, it was definitely still emotional abuse, but it wasn't as obvious as emotional abuse sometimes is okay so now we're wrapping it up who do you think was the best actor 
the best actor for me, I would have to say was, I would say it was Bernie. Like, Bernie did a great job. I mean, you know, he had to play dead. Well, not really, <laughs> yeah, but he had really. to pretend to die. And he had to look at, like, a clay mold of his body dead that looked exactly like him. So, and then when he well, got... Well, but, truth be told, now that you kind of identified the fact that he didn't have to play dead, how 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 much acting did Bernie really do? He didn't do a lot of acting. And it take, and it take I know he's probably, like, a stunt pro, but then to, like, be sitting on the edge attached to a bungee cord and be like, all right, I'm willing to get pushed over the edge on this bungee cord. As well. I mean, I know you've bungee jumped before, so... <laughs> yeah, but this... But this is different, right? I knew I wasn't going to die. He was pretending to die. He couldn't scream or nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's <laughs> well, I like, guess he did scream, right? So it's like, you know, even in that moment, it's like, all right, I have to stay in character. You know, I trust that the bungee team, everything is correct, is connected correctly. The cord isn't longer than the fall. It's just like so much that he had to think about to stay in character. So I, I enjoy Bernie. Um, I think without a doubt, from my perspective, would be Tom. I mean, Tom yeah. is the one who was involved in dang near every scene. He had to do this four times. He had to... It's a social experiment. Like, it's not a, a movie. There's no cut. There's no redo that. This is... Like, this conversation has to go as natural as possible. But the fact that Chris is not an actor means that he was improvising all the oh, way yeah, through, true, right? True, true, true. So there's a, a lot of beauty in seeing that executed in that way. And then taking beauty? orders. No, just, <laughs> and then taking orders from Darren as well to be able to be like, oh, he's telling me to say this right now, but finding a way to say it naturally and like to where it actually makes sense for him to say it in that moment. So all of those things. It was like, Tom was just fantastic. Yeah, because there were even moments where when Darren would like give him a cue in his in his uh, earphone to say something to Chris, I was like, why didn't he say it exactly like Darren asked him to? Or why didn't like he would like say a couple sentence sentences before actually saying what Darren asked him to? So like you know to be able to do that and just go on the fly and be like that witty about you know this entire process was amazing to me for sure. But I still gotta go, Bernie. And so, I guess one more question that I do have for you. So, throughout the um, throughout the event, the charity event, um, it was an, an initiative to raise money to help children. The slogan that a lot of people were saying was like, "Do whatever it takes to like raise all this money. Do whatever it takes." And even uh, the last scene when they were on the roof, mm -hmm. they kept replaying, "Do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes." How much do you think that slogan influenced the people's um, the people? Who actually did push it? Yeah, I definitely think if it were, if it did influence them, it had to be subconscious because I think in a heated a moment, they were probably really only listening to the people that they were talking to in the group on the rooftop. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it likely played a factor. <laughs> it's so funny how something seemingly positive, like do whatever it takes to raise these money, this money for these children, can like. That same slogan obviously has a bit of a negative tone. Whatever it takes, whatever, like no exceptions. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. Yeah, and what's even crazier, and I just thought about this, the people on top of the roof that was like huddling up to say, all right, we got to figure this out. And they told the person, like, you got to push them. Even they start saying, do whatever it takes. Mm -hmm. And so it was like, you got this jumbotron with these loudspeakers of celebrities, right, saying, because they were celebrities that, you know, 
participated in this as well, saying do whatever it takes. Then you got all these people who's like, oh, this is my retirement because there was like an architect in there. He was like, you know, I'm designing this building. I'm the construction manager. I'm this. So like they all had a lot of money tied up in it. Was this. So they're just like, do whatever it takes. Do whatever it takes. So, Which is so funny because it was benefiting a charity, of course. And then those people who were attached to the charity from a financial perspective, like, you know, like you said, the architect and what everything, everything else. But it's funny because like, this really didn't affect the participants of the study. Like at the end of the day, they weren't invested. They just got invited. They weren't donating. Nothing. They weren't like, <laughs> so it was just kind of interesting that it was like another level of peer pressure, like being influenced by your peers and people around you when like your actual true interests are not even related. Yeah. Well, didn't Tom say something to Chris along the lines of like, we want you to, de- to develop an app or something like that for it? True, but like, for example, what I'm saying is if you think about the whole like concept of protecting this and, and doing the speech and all of that, mm-hmm. like Bernie's dead. He knows this. Whether or not like the truth is told about Bernie being alive, none of that influences like if anything like you already know the outcome if this if bernie's death for example and i don't think this was the case but if his death ends all of this you already know he's dead so why are you carrying on does that make sense Mm -hmm. it's like you you were the only one you and tom are the only ones that already know that he's dead so you're like pressure level of like oh I need this I need this I need this I need to do this because of this this is this if it's so tied to him he's already gone yeah and the crazy thing he like he wasn't dead though right but my point is he thought that at the beginning they thought he that thought he was, was dead, yeah and I mean like I said I don't know what went through those people's head when they were on the roof and shout out to Chris for saying I'd rather go to jail then push this man off the roof and kill him. So, I don't know. It was a crazy experiment. Definitely, it was definitely fun and emotional to watch for sure. For sure. So, um, you know, if you guys get a chance, definitely watch it. Um, let us know what you think about it. You know, you know, hit us on uh, Instagram at Black Adventure Six. Um, just let us know. Leave comments and feedback on our podcast channel as well, you know, if you want to talk about it. But get in touch with us. Let us know what you think. We hope we hope you guys enjoyed it. Give us some suggestions on some other shows you want us to watch. And we will talk to you all later. Yeah, so on Instagram, you'll see a snippet of this conversation posted there on that post. That's where you can leave your comments about how you felt about the show. I know it came out a few years ago, but it's getting a lot of traction now. So um, let's talk about it. Peace. All right, peace.